Okay. We ready? Mm-hmm. Yes, we are. I am. Whew. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> energy. 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 <laughs> <laughs> The Little Red Bandwagon, the sometimes twice weekly podcast that is sometimes about the podcast Too Beautiful to Live. I'm Meredith Van Harn, and I'm coming to you today from Money Pit Studios in the beautiful North Rosedale Park neighborhood of Detroit, Michigan. Every other Friday, we bring you a clip show, a mailbag show, a list of your weird Amazon affiliate link purchases, or whatever else we feel like recording. But today's a Monday recap edition where we discuss all of the non events from last week's TBTL. And I can't do this alone, and so this week I am joined by, from Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, it's Anne with a plan, Lundholm. Hi, Anne. Hi, Meredith. And, of course, in Middle-Aged Momish Studios in Austin, Texas, it's Hillary H. Baum Livingston Butler. Hi, Hillary. Hello. It's appropriately, my studio is appropriately named for this weekend. Happy <laughs> Mother's Day. Oh, thank you so much. I, uh, I understand you're getting a day by yourself yeah. without your children. Yes. <laughs> Sounds great. It's the greatest day of the year. <laughs> All I want is some blessed silence. It's so true. It's a great gift. It is. So we've got some LRB business for you. We're going to cover our week in review. We'll take care of some housekeeping and let you know how you can get involved with the show. Um, Hillary, you want to give us the business? <laughs> sure, I'll get the give business. Give us the business, I'll Hillary. <laughs> You know give it I to love. us. <laughs> you I know, know you I can do it. To. Um, okay, let's talk about the Friday show. I was um, alternately charmed and irate throughout. It was a great show. It's about Luke's <laughs> single-use passport situation. <laughs> <laughs> Disposable <laughs> passports. I... It was so annoyed by the whole situation and Luke's just continuing attitude towards his passport, but it was great. And like, I, I know that the guys don't want to listen to this because, you know, they are like made of paper, but, um, I still want them Luke to listen to this and be like, this is not a one-time occurrence. Like it's your fault. Like every single time. Yes. Other people are involved. Yes. You can kind of shift the blame, but it's your fault. Like you're the common denominator. Yeah. We're pointing out <laughs> patterns here and that's what they don't like about us. <laughs> we don't think we're their therapist. We don't think you're a bad person. You're just really not good at keeping up with your paperwork. Oh, yeah. God. I thought you were going to say, we don't think you're a bad person. We just don't think you're a good person. <laughs> also would have worked. True. True. <laughs> I mean, my God, I, so I'm going on a trip in July with my mom and my sisters and we're going to, uh, anyway, I, we're going to Budapest and Vienna if anybody has any tips Ooh. and I'm very excited, but, um, I got my passport in April of 2010 and I have seriously thought 400 times, okay, where is it? All right. So when I come back, I'll have nine months left of my passport. Is that enough time? Should I get it renewed? Should I start the process now? Like, this is three months out or two months out, and I'm very stressed out about whether I have enough time on my passport. I do. As you should, because it's the one thing that will keep you from going the place you want to go to. It's important. Exactly. And I've said this before. I mean... 
Dave knows me and I like I love Dave so much. I he's so great. If he left his passport like last year we went to London, if he forgot his passport or whatever, oh my God. I, like I would go without him. I would have no like problem. Oh, yes. Or, yeah. Or we would go home and I he would owe me so much. Like I would always be like one up on him or like a million up on him. But I would go You've with got him. a trump card. Oh my God. I hate saying that I now, know, but I know. I don't know what else to say. But yeah, that I actually do have dreams about like leaving my passport like we're about to board a plane and one person's passport is gone I have to go back and we don't have enough time Mm -hmm. or whatever and it's a constant nightmare I don't understand people who are so cavalier about it it's a talent (laughs) I need my passport I need you know so I live I live in a border town you know so does Luke Uh, yes I know (laughs) same country um, and, and so I need my passport a lot to go to Windsor, which I like to do. Um, and they don't stamp it, unfortunately. Otherwise, I'd have, a, I'd have an extra book stapled <laughs> to my passport. Um, but you need it. And I, so I have it, like, it's literally, I, could, I, could, I, I think it's within reach right now. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, so I just grab it when I know that I'm going to be over there. Um, and I, yeah, I know that's not the case for everybody, because not everybody lives next to another country, but he does, and I do. And so I can't help but compare and contrast, and I just can't. I just can't wrap my mind around it. I can't either. And I always have, like, a thing about, I mean, not that I'm going to commit any crimes or whatever, but, like, what if, have you all ever seen the movie <laughs> Kicking and Screaming? Not not the Will Ferrell one, so. but there's, like, a Noah Baumbach movie. Well, I mean, sort of spoiler alert, but the end is he, like, wants to take this trip. And she's like, okay, can I see your passport? And he's like, oh, like, I don't have my passport on me or whatever. And I'm like, see, like, I need to be able to leave when I have to leave. Like, I need to be able to jet out of here with my yeah. family and my kids. My kids have passports. <laughs> we're ready to go. What if I got a jump? What if I got a jump in Paris like tomorrow, and then I like I had to be there in a month? They're like, you have to stay here right now, and you need your <laughs> I need to be ready. I vacillate between like worrying about that, which is highly improbable, and the more probable situation, which is losing it if I'm carrying it around with me. Oh yeah, yeah. So I do keep it in my desk, but I know exactly where it is. Yeah, I uh, lost my wallet like a couple, a year and a half ago, which was stupid and I was very annoyed by it but I got a license immediately like the next day I went to go get my replacement license but I carried my passport with me because I was like well just in case of Luke's situation that like I oh yeah had a backup ID I mean so I'd rather but yeah it did make me nervous like I would look at my purse all the time is my passport still in there Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm but anyway it was a really good show see like I have strong feeling I had strong feelings the whole time it was it was good, entertaining, and infuriating all at the same time. Um, <laughs> what we aim for. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, this is, you guys might notice when you um, look at your podcatcher, but this is actually our 400th show. Woo! Insert what? like, like so thought we'd make it this far. I know. It's wild. I was actually, there's a podcast I listen to called Throwing Shade. I don't know. If it, oh, yeah. Um, and it's they were saying it's their 400th show, and I'm like, I've been listening to that since before Bridget was born and she's seven. So it's just wild to me that we're like already on our 400th. Like we've turned well, them. They out. do one, one a week. Yes. So yes, we're, you know, yeah. we've got double on them yeah, almost uh, pretty much. But anyway, so uh, like, you know, we'll do, we'll do something at some point to celebrate our, our longevity. But um, right now, just for a little like celebration, we're going to talk about um, just quickly 
when we first, when we each of us first appeared on LRB, because we were obviously not the original hosts, um, and what topic we brought to the show. So, uh, Meredith, do you want to go first? Mine was the story that Jen told when she was traveling across the country. She was in Taos, New Mexico. She was wearing a white skirt and somebody drove past her and threw a hamburger at her. Oh my God. I would be so upset. I still, I got really upset with that. Cause I got- I'm still upset about it. And didn't they like call her fat or something? Like it was something sort of. They said dumb. something rude. Yeah. yeah. And I, I had a connection to this because I have family in Taos. I've been there several times and it's a beautiful place. Yeah. And in my experience, everyone there has been lovely. So I was like, How, what a horrible thing to do. <laughs> Who would do such a thing? So awful. Well, I loved that episode because she really embraced her feelings. Yeah. About it. I come from that Midwestern culture that's like, we got to shake it off tamp it down upper lip yeah emotions are a bad thing and <laughs> jen was just like no i was so upset i went back to the hotel and refused to come out for the yeah. rest of the day and yeah. made jason get me a bottle of wine listen i understand that that yeah. that sucks and it just is like defeating and you can't really do anything about it right Ugh. and it stained her beautiful white skirt which was Ugh. so taos i mean that's a perfect thing to wear when you're walking around in taos <laughs> you don't expect that you're gonna get a hamburger thrown at you <laughs> Uh, the humanity really is and what was yours (laughs) mine also a jen highlight was the time that jen went to a party and was talking to a lady who was one of those really tiresome people who's all on about the wonderful things they do and she had spent a year volunteering in tajikistan or something and she'd just come back and jen panicked and told the lady she volunteered with children who have muscular dystrophy, <laughs> which was a complete lie. And she got busted on it. Yeah. There's a thing. I can still hear the way she says it in my, my head. Well, I mean, it was a it was a drop for so long. But there's mm-hmm. a way that Jen talks where you can tell she's, like, laughing or smiling. Like, I don't, you can yes. just tell, like, the way her voice goes. And <laughs> that one just makes me laugh, just the way she even says it. <laughs> Oh, it's so great. It's so great. Um, mine, you know, there's something in common with all three of us. Um, <laughs> they were all, hmm. it's weird. They're all Jen centric episodes. Hmm. Um, mine was when Jen was a baby preacher. I think that one is so, <laughs> yeah. it's so cute. It's so cute. And she's so the same person. Like, obviously she has a little bit mm-hmm. more, um, you know, tact, I guess, but not always. And, um, she's just so funny and actually Luke responding to it is really funny because I guess Jen's little sister or, or friend or whatever is crying like I want water in the background and <laughs> yes. Luke's she's like, dying of thirst <laughs> looks like there's a baby dying in the background <laughs> <laughs> she's so I, I I hate using this word in regards to women because it has negative connotations but she's so bossy and but she I is. love it like no, I, I don't mean this as a bad thing like she's so bossy she just takes charge she knows what she wants to say and she's gonna say it and I love it well I mean Jen was a producer yeah. from the day she was born yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and Luke kind of talked about it a little bit this week and, you know, we'll get into it later, but just more about how Jen took care of things and she, yeah, mm-hmm. she produced, made sure things happened when they happened. She reached out to, she listened to the voicemails, you know, mm-hmm. she took that kind of made stuff. sure the bands got inside the house <laughs> where they needed to get. Anyway, but yeah, she, she has not changed a ton, but, uh, but I love it so much and, you know, 
we're going to keep trucking on. I mean, you know, our relationship, I think, with, with uh, TBTL has sort of changed a little bit. But uh, but we, I, we still love doing the show, and it's fun to get together and, like, laugh with all of you guys about the guy's mm-hmm. antics, our own antics, Mike's antics, you know, <laughs> what have you. <laughs> Whatever podcast Mike happens to be doing simultaneously <laughs> to the rest of us. <laughs> um. Anyway, so, well, I... um. Moving on, I just wanted to let y'all know I'm getting ready for my favorite day of the year. And Meredith so kindly said, your birthday's not for a while. (laughs) (laughs) It's not my birthday. So, okay, when I had children, I, like the first couple years when I had Bridget, I think we did, I don't know, maybe we went to brunch or whatever. Like I went to, there's a, the Lady Bird Johnson Wildflower Center is sort of close to my house. I was like, we went there, did some of that kind of stuff. And I was like, you know what? I want to be by myself like, on on Mother's Day. I know that that's like not kind, but I do stuff for my kids and with my kids all the time. And I that is to- that is so the opposite of not kind. That's that's your choice. That's wonderful. I think it's a great option, and I applaud you for it. I don't think it's selfish one tiny bit. I, yeah, I just want to like not do anything. I want to hug them and like give them kisses and stuff and tell them how much I love them. And I want Dave to take them away. And I don't want to plan anything. I don't want to be involved in it. I don't really want him to like text to me what their like updates or anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do have this kind of sense of of guilt which really annoys Dave cuz he's like I'm the catholic one and I never feel guilty about anything. And I'm like I feel guilty yeah, about it. He's a man. Yeah, exactly. But I start to like I revel in my laziness but then I start to feel a little bit guilty about it, but it's like the one day of the year that I'm like, no, nope, I'm not going to feel guilty. It's my day. So, I'm going to wake up late. Good. There's a bagel place near my house that they're going to give me a bagel sandwich and I'm going to work out at some point cuz it's I like to do that and watch a lot of shitty TV and I'm very excited about it. I think it's really interesting how parenting has changed from our parents' generation to our generation because my parents and I mean probably your parents too I would guess just weren't as hands-on. No, it's true. It's true. As you are and yep. and all the parents of our generation, you know, get kicked out of the house and say come back. Yep. Yes. Yes. In a few hours. And then even when I was at home, I was pretty much left to my own devices. It just, it seems, I watch all of you do it and it seems so exhausting to yeah. me. It's like, how can you, how can you do this day in and day out? Be so <laughs> present and so involved. I'm going to all their practices and their games and their whatevers. That gives me nightmares and I, I don't have any kids and I'm never going to have any kids. It's it's and it still gives me anxiety. It's like I don't know. I have like some uh, let's do a podcast about this sometime. I have complicated feelings about it because I'm very much like I want to do better. Not that my parents. My parents did a really good job, but like it's different. I, different. Yeah, I want to do things differently and better, but I also like really I want my kids to have their own life. I don't need to really be up in it all the time. But the problem is, is like, it's this, this dichotomy that we're in right now where people are like, oh, parents are so helicoptery, you know, they're so involved. But then the moment that you're like, whatever, I don't really care. Like go run free. People are like, why are, why aren't they not involved in their kids' lives? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I draw a line a little bit where I like, I'll go to stuff every once in a while. I'll do like a field trip or whatever, but I work. And that's another big difference is, you know, like my mom had a job, but it wasn't like a, you know, a traditional nine to five job. So there was more flexibility and like 
I, you know, I work full time. I have a little bit of flexibility. Dave works full time. Things are more expensive now, but like, it's just, it's nuts. I mean, I think Dave and I really try to tamp down the like psycho involvement or whatever, but, but then, you know, there's a little bit of keeping up with the Joneses. You don't want your kids to be like the weirdos whose parents like are never there. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's, it's complicated. Uh, but uh, tomorrow I don't have to do any of that shit, so I'm really excited. <laughs> Good. <laughs> uh, I probably will, but I, I'm going to start off the morning not doing anything. Um, and anyway, enough of my favorite day. Uh, Meredith, what have you got going in Money Pit Studios? Well, I said Money Pit Studios rather than Home Sweet Home Studios because <laughs> I scheduled my um, twice-yearly HVAC checkup mm. Uh, yesterday and I started drinking as soon as he left um so no yeah what had happened was um (laughs) the sellers had it in the contract that they were going to install an air conditioner unit a central air unit as the the day of closing that was in the contract because they had installed one while the house was still empty and being renovated and it got stolen, which is a big problem in Detroit. There's like metals in air conditioners that scrappers want. So they were like, we're not going to install another one until you're responsible for it. (laughs) It's like, okay, fine, whatever. Um, I have to get a cage welded around it. Um, but they did install it eventually. It of course, wasn't the day of closing because they can't do anything right. Wow. But they just sent some kid to do it, and he set it up. And, and, and at one point, he was like, uh, hold on one minute. And he left, and he never came back. <gasps> and I was like, hmm, what, what this is about. It was in March, and so I wasn't going to turn it on. And so I was like, well, I'll just wait until the HVAC guys come and check it and see what's up. And uh, so he tries to turn it on, and it's not even wired to the furnace. I mean... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so when you say installed, you mean I set mean he, on the pad. Yep, that's what I mean. <laughs> Wild. Yeah, I mean, just like mind blown. Like, okay, here we go again. And so my house has a brick foundation, um, and they finished out. So my sunroom used to be a, an outside porch, and they finished it. And they enclosed it, and now there's no real good way to get wires from under, you know, from the backyard into the house. And so I spent, I mean, it was just this one guy. He thought he was doing a checkup, you know. He didn't think he was installing my air conditioner. So I had to become his little helper, and we spent three hours trying to fish a wire from outside to inside. And we finally found, like, a little crack in the brick, and it turns out it was under my back porch. So that wouldn't work, and so we had to go around the other side. He ended up drilling a hole in the side of the house. It was just awful. It was just a nightmare. And he was mad and I was mad and it was just so irritating. Yeah. And it was just, I mean, on its own, like in a vacuum, it wouldn't have been that huge of a deal, but just, you know, compounded with everything else with this house that these people did such a bad job on. It just made me so angry. Yeah. Um, and I texted the the selling agent. I was like, just so you know, this is going on. And he just texted me back a question mark. And I just, I threw my phone on the couch and I was like, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna engage. No. Not today. Nope. Not today, Satan. So I was pretty furious about that. But we did eventually get it working. Uh, Knock on wood. I will have air conditioning this summer. And I'm just glad that I figured it out now rather than in July. Yeah. So that's the bright side. At least I got it fixed before I needed it. Mm. Um, So there's that. And uh, to pull the nose up on my negative 
negativity train. Um, I'm going to Grand Rapids for Mother's Day. We're recording this on Saturday. Um, tomorrow is Mother's Day. And uh, she wanted me to bring garlic bread to contribute to dinner. And I thought, oh, I've been making bread lately. I'll do some French bread. Let's see if I can make French bread um, from scratch. And then I'll turn that into garlic bread. And so I made two loaves today. And um, I'll just say that they didn't come out the way I hoped. <laughs> So the one, it, the dough was really wet and it just kind of sort of spread out and it looks like Jabba the bread. And when I cut it, it looks like biscotti, which is not how bread is supposed to look. I mean, it's delicious. I'm not, I'm not throwing it away. I'm going to eat it, but I'm not going to bring it. So I, I will probably end up going and getting a loaf of French bread. Um, the other one I made in a, in a, uh, what are they called? A loaf pan. A loaf pan. <laughs> Because it was much smaller, and, and that one looks more like bread, but it's not enough for five adults and two children, so I, I'm just going to keep them. I'll just eat them. It's fine. It's a good learning experience. It is. It is. Um, the the King Arthur flour recipe was like, add you know some flour up to this amount, and I was like, I'll do half that? I don't know. So I guess the lesson is I should have used more flour. I should have proofed it in a basket instead of on a pan, like the, or on a baking sheet. Like they said to prove it on a baking sheet and of course it's going to spread out right so lesson right. learned i should have used my common sense rather than followed that recipe was it but, a loaf for a baguette no no um and they you told could, you to prove it on a sheet Interesting. yeah yeah i know um so i'm gonna try it again sometime but um the upside is that i i have two loaves of delicious bread that i'm gonna eat even if they aren't totally beautiful <laughs> nothing wrong with that Mm-mm. uh bridget and i started because i like hate all of the shows that she watches so i was like let's try to find something that is i don't know i could find interesting but also like she would think is sort of charming and we started mm-hmm. watching nailed it which is like a kind of <laughs> cooking show it's really silly but oh she, i've never heard of it she and it's like basically people trying to like not great cooks trying to do uh, like these it's baking the anti oh. great British. Oh yeah, show. I could be on that Inem- show. <laughs> bakers, uh, I should be on that. <laughs> uh, I think you'd probably be better than most of the people. They're not like exactly horrible, but they're it's like me going on there. Like I have some like knowledge, but not a whole lot. And I'd be like, I've never done I mean, this before. They they use boxed cake mixes. Yes. It's really mm-hmm. really simple. Yeah. Uh, recipes oh, I can but do they that. make them do wild stuff yes and the entertainment is all in the failing it's hosted by nicole buyer yeah so that's Ooh. pretty fun yeah she's funny bridget thinks she's hilarious and does how it do re- you watch this netflix netflix yeah mm-hmm. she doesn't get her kind of nasty double entendres but that's fine um <laughs> and they're half an hour so yeah, it's really quick they're they go down easy yeah no they're it was it's it's a good like um middle ground between uh, school of rock the tv show and this like i'd rather watch <laughs> um well i think that you should i keep practicing and bring some to the next time you know we yeah. all get together i Both i, of like, y'all I enjoy charged. the process i'm gonna i'm gonna keep doing it i mean you gotta fail now and yeah. then right yeah of course um okay and the like last order of business you just wrote bo <laughs> i like to be cryptic <laughs> I don't want to tell you what it is before I tell the story. It's not even that much of a story, but um, this was a couple of days ago. I've taken a couple of days of vacation, Thursday and Friday, so I'm actually not sure what day it is. You know, you get into that weird state. Yesterday, I thought it was Saturday all day, but anyway, on Tuesday, I guess at work, one of our students came in. I will keep his or her gender 
concealed just to provide some tiny bit of anonymity, but that we have uh, seven students in the office and a few more that work around campus, but the they sit in a, like a row of stations that are across from me, which is great. I like the students. I like the young energy and they're in and out and whatever. But on Tuesday, this one student came in and the scent of <laughs> patchouli was Whoa. nearly overwhelming. Uh as long as I did not move and they did not move, it was okay. I was far enough away, but if I had to get up to go throw something in the garbage can or go to the printer, I would have to walk past, mm. and I would choke on the patchouli smell. Or if they went to use the bathroom and walked past me in the air movement and the patchouli smell, ugh. Mm. But uh, I, I'm not one of those people that's like super sensitive to smell, so you just deal with it. It's part of working in an office. Sure. Until Wednesday, they came in, and the patchouli smell was stronger and was failing to cover up the strong body odor. <laughs> Did it smell like and cooked this, onions? That's what it always smells like to me. It's, mm-hmm. Yeah, it it was the body odor smell, and it was not confined. I could not escape it. <laughs> by remaining Oof. in my cubicle and I think at 11:30 I realized that I was making this awful face like wrinkling my <laughs> nose and scrunching my eyes and I was breathing shallowly through my mouth <laughs> and I thought oh god this is untenable I couldn't eat my lunch oh, because I god. normally eat it at my desk Whoa. and I was like I don't want to eat anything with the smell here, it's gross. So I'm going to have to go somewhere else and I'm going to have to go somewhere else for the afternoon. I'll sit in a different cubicle. And then I thought, well, come on, if I'm going to go somewhere else, it's going to be my house and I'm going to put my sweatpants on and work from home, which is what I ended up doing. Wow. Good. But I'm willing to give this person the benefit of the doubt because it hasn't happened before. And it last week was the last week of classes and this week is finals. So I will chalk it up to being very busy with studying or celebrating. I believe they are a senior. So maybe there was some partying going on. But I would just like to make a public service announcement to say to our, hopefully only our younger listeners, guys, you got to shower. You really cannot cover it up. The Axe body sprayer, the patchouli is not going to do it daily showers please even if you don't smell it i do oh that smells the worst yep it's not great that's why i always get nervous about and i know that i'm sure people have different opinions about this and that's fine but i get nervous about doing the non um antiperspirant deodorant like the natural stuff because mm-hmm. i do because it doesn't work i know Hillary. it doesn't work <laughs> and i know i'm gonna get some sort of cancer but whatever no I mean... you're not <laughs> no you're not no you're not i've smoked there's cigarettes not... so i think that that might give me cancer before well yeah there's never been a link between um the aluminum in deodorant and breast cancer which is what people are afraid of that's not a thing so you can you can wear good deodorant i know i like my sure unscented Antiperspirant. 
it works really well. <laughs> I need the clinical. I need clinical level protection. I always have to get secret clinical. Secret clinical. Yeah. I've tried. I, I I was like, oh, maybe I could dial it back, and I got the regular kind last time, and I was like, nope. Nope. <laughs> and I went to Target yesterday and got another thing of clinical, a large you one. Said, oh, there I am. I was like, oh, there it is. Never mind. <laughs> and I if you can smell this. yourself, you're like, Ooh. yeah, 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 it's, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, not yeah. good stuff. Anyway, well, all right, lessons learned. there's that time in a young person's life usually it's probably when they start going into puberty and they're like 12 Mm -hmm. or 13 and they just they don't know yet that they now have to shower every day oh and you'll get to this (laughs) i'm so excited we had a so i remember this was when i was in fourth grade so i must have been 10 or 11 and we all came back back from gym and and our teacher was like y'all need deodorant <laughs> like she just told the whole class like blanket you guys are getting there i know this is new for you but you stink so go do it go tell your parents <laughs> we that's all did good. yeah that's a kindness to yeah. just tell the whole class my and she wasn't rude about it it was just like yeah it's time well and when it's like a blanket it's not applying to just singling one mm-hmm. person out my friend russ was a debate coach or he taught like at a debate camp and it was middle schoolers maybe like early high school but mostly i think like seventh eighth grade and he would always have to like pull one kid back like hey can i talk to you real quick um Aww. and he would give them he'd be like hey like and just give them deodorant like here you go i mean i don't think he was cruel he's a really nice person so he wasn't mean about but it there's but- no way to not be mortified if you're that kid <laughs> no, I, don't I, think. Know. I know i know Although they're all debaters. They're probably like, whatever, you know, yeah. go, go along. True. Um, well, I guess <laughs> with the end of deodorant slash BO talk, <laughs> power out, <laughs> maybe get into uh, some general throw your phones. What do we got? Uh, the first one is not good, guys. It's not good. Nope. <laughs> but I we were anonymous. Best. Well, the, it was anonymous and, and very appropriately so. Um, okay, anonymous wrote in to say, I had a sex dream about Luke and I can never listen to TBTL again. <laughs> Fair enough. I oh, mean, my goodness gracious. What are you going to do? You can't really control it. It's true. I mean, I, you know, we've all been there where you're just like why did you enter like I, why are you here you've had a sex dream about luke no 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 no, not luke just like in general no 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 just never. something unfortunate just a person that you're like in no way attracted to yeah, or, and then you're like, yeah you- i've had some really inappropriate ones yes i like i said this in the chat i this is not an inappropriate person but i am not a twilight person at all and then one time robert pattinson made like an appearance in one of my dreams and i'm like i don't find you attractive at all but now i'm like robert pattinson like i think he's really cute now and i never did before oh no i know but do i i i have never read a twilight i've never seen a twilight so that's I, good I, I maybe need to start watching yeah but that's <laughs> that that's um, unfortunate you can't control it you can't listen to tbtl you'll hear him do something annoying and then you'll be like all right i'm back yeah they'll scrub <laughs> that from your brain and i think if you spend um, seven to nine hours a week listening to his voice. <laughs> it's not like a crazy thing to have that happen. No, no, for sure. They're just like a, he's just a part of your brain. Mm-hmm. You poor bastard. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the last general one we have is from Anne. Listen to Anne Minor. And she said that there should be a new um, topic for us, a new segment called 
supercalifragilistic, uh, which is perfect. I yeah, I, I don't think we have. Well, I mean, we could fit in like everything to that because they're fragile little babies, but um, not necessarily this week. There's not anything exactly this week that fits it. But we have um, it's it's in our back pocket. We know it's there. Thank you, Anne. Yeah, I love this so much. It's great. Uh, why don't we get into our week in review? Um, our first segment we're calling Into the Wild, and this by far got the most throw your phones and probably the most irritation from me for the whole oh. week. Um, Luke was out walking Rudy in one of his post-dinner walks, which I'd like to just do a little quick PSA. It's not a good idea to walk your dog right after they eat because they can get their stomach actually twisted and it can kill them. So you need to let your dog digest their food a little bit. So I don't know if that's what he's doing, but that was my first thought. It was like, oh, no, please don't be walking her right after she eats. Maybe she eats long, you know, way before they do. I don't know. Can that happen to people, too? Is it wise for me to not go for walks? (laughs) I mean, if you don't feel like it, you you (laughs) should use that as an excuse. (laughs) I think it's just for dogs. Um, but so (laughs) Luke just calmly explains that when, when, when Rudy wants to go do her own thing, he just drops her leash and lets her go. So (laughs) weird. What? What? That is wild. What are you talking about? And, uh, so they're walking by this, this kind of, uh, I don't know. He called it, he described it as kind of a ramshackle house and a pit bull ish dog kind of broke through the fence Luke dropped the leash and Rudy went to hang out with this dog, hang out slash fight. And uh, he was just uh, kind of standing there hopelessly like, Rudy, why don't you come back when I call you? (laughs) So this brings up several issues to me as a person who was very involved in dog training for a while. And the, the, the number one thing that you need to have when you have a dog is a strong recall. So when you call that dog's name, they come to you no matter what's going on. And that is not easy. No. I'll give him that. It's a really hard thing to achieve with some dogs. Um, but I don't, I get the impression he hasn't even tried to right. uh, no. train that into her. Um, and, and it, you know, I, I've been through this a little bit because Eddie ran out the door that one time when oh, I went yeah. to open the yeah. door to get a package. And I remember it, that. he was, yeah, he was brand new. He did not care about me at all. You know, so that's what you have to do is you have to make yourself the most valuable thing to that dog so that when you call them, they're like, oh, good things are going to happen when I come back to this person. So I'm going to go back. Um, and I hadn't gotten there with him yet because we hadn't done the training and he was brand new. So I was just running after him, calling his name and he was like, oh, I don't care. And he eventually found some cat food and that's when he was able, he stopped long enough for me to scoop him up. Um, so I get why that happens, but he's had Rudy for, she's what, like three or four now at least? Mm-hmm. Yeah, at least. So I think, you know, even, even now when I, I only see Eddie once a year, he would, he would come to me when I call him. He did it last year, plenty of times when I had him uh, over the summer. So I just, I, it's hard for me to have a lot of sympathy for this situation because this is another, it's another one of his own, of Luke's own creation. Um, so this dog and Rudy are kind of tussling it out and he goes to the front door and they turn out to not be crackheads. Like he assumed that they were, (laughs) And they very kindly, you know, shuffled the dog. I, they were nicer than I would have been about oh, this. If there was some goodness. strange dog in my backyard rustling with my dog, I'd be like, get the fuck off my property. I'm calling the cops. <laughs> I would have been a lot uh, less gracious than they were. But uh, he, he got her back and everything was fine. 
Um, and somehow that justifies this behavior. But um, we got we got a couple good throw your phones on this. Justina says, unleashed dog karma is really following Luke around lately. <laughs> I'll yep. say so. I mean, yeah. I he's not learning, though. No. And let me let Bruce point that out. He says, so let me get this straight. Luke, when out walking with Rudy, thinks that letting Rudy off leash when they encounter another dog is... Whoops. Is a great idea. <laughs> Window was too small. <laughs> he also doesn't understand why that often ends with her running away or into a stranger's house, etc. What? Sorry. WTF. Why does Luke still not understand the concept of leashes? And then Bruce writes again. Arg. Phone thrown again. Luke logic. Segment? Quite Who possibly. Is to bl- yeah. yeah. Another one. Yeah. Who is to blame when Rudy ends up in a meth head's backyard? Number one, the meth head with the broken gate. Number two, Rudy for following the other dog. Number three, Luke, the guy who intentionally let Rudy off leash when confronted by an aggressively charging dog, in parentheses, not even considered. Yeah, I I mean, mean, Bruce, let's not be crazy. (laughs) Why would Luke bear any responsibility for this? None. Uh, (laughs) I I get really frustrated with um, his... He has this thing about, like, how animals are meant to be or what their natural instincts are. And the thing is, all of these are, like, domesticated dogs. Like, Rudy doesn't have a natural instinct to, like, he, like, wants them to work it out or whatever. And I'm like, you don't, this isn't, like, the wilds of Africa. Like, this is, he's, whatever he always says, like, on the Serengeti. Mm -hmm. This is, like, a domesticated dog that doesn't really know how to fight that way like yeah and if they were really working it out like they were in the serengeti one of them would end up dead yeah exactly that's how they work stuff out (laughs) it's so weird to me and he's so odd about leashes it's i know it's his job to protect this dog and he's doing a really bad job a really bad job of it but he again he can always rationalize the way that he's like well you know there's all these circumstances in which he's not at fault but this one i was like what is going on yeah i i just i'm I, I really hope that it doesn't come to where Rudy gets hurt. I mean, yeah. he's not going to learn this lesson unless she does. And I hope that it doesn't come to that because it doesn't have to, you know, it really doesn't. If he can teach her how to behave on a leash, he can teach her how he can train out leash aggression. He even said he, she's got leash aggression. We'll take her to a trainer and fix it. Cause you can do it. Yeah. You know, I, mean, I fixed all sorts of anxiety in Eddie. <laughs> it took a lot of work, but I could, you know, it was possible. He's just been bragging about how Carrie taught her to shake. Was yes. that it this week? Yeah, yeah. So and she's he, trainable. Yeah, and he was saying how she likes it. And I found that too. Eddie was much happier when he was actively learning stuff. When we were doing training every day, he was so much more well-behaved and so much more calm because some dogs are smart and they like to learn. Yeah. And she's clearly one of them. I don't know if she's smart, but she likes to. <laughs> Labs if she enjoyed that, you know, learning to shake, then maybe she would enjoy learning how to walk on a loose leash. You know, that's something that we were always working towards or trying not to be aggressive towards other dogs. You know, she can see another dog and not react to it. That's possible. It just takes some work. I agree. It's frustrating. It was falling. <sighs> I know. I know. And it's, again, Luke, you're always... <laughs> it's always you you're always at the center of it so you know think about it a little bit more all right are we done with i think i think so i'm (laughs) mad we can handle my blood's up (laughs) then let's go to a little bit of on our media (laughs) it really is a great show though i love that show (laughs) 
Me too. <laughs> I don't know that I have a ton to say about this topic, but I felt like we really should cover it because they talked about it for so long. And that's that uh, NPR's flagship morning show, Morning Edition, changed its theme song to uh, something new, something a little modern, something a little jazzier and building and they talked about it for a long time and how it basically sounds like a ringtone i don't disagree i think it does i mean yeah yeah it sounds I felt like, like it a much, sounds much like a better an, ringtone yeah it sounds like an iphone um alarm like one of those gentle wake you up yes, yes. alarms yeah. that's yeah. what it kept reminding Builds. me of which is fine i mean I, i'm curious and what your thoughts of the actual song are as a you know you're the musical person of the bunch i thought it was fine yeah, I thought it was fine. It was I had a nice nod to the old. I mean, the kernel of the old melody was still in there, and it did sound like a phone alarm. But it's not necessarily a bad thing. I think it did the job really nicely, and it kind of started mellow and picked up, and was kind of jaunty by the end of it. Yeah, I thought um, it was. Yeah. I thought when you listened to it, like next to the previous one, the B.J. Lederman. Um, you know, classic. That one sounds so like mid eighties that you're like, it's oh, sort it's of so shocking. synthesizer. Yeah. Yep. And I yeah. think people just have such a. I mean, it. You know, when my alarm goes off, or like this is my last alarm. Is my I have like a clock radio sort of, and it'll go to the NPR station here, and it's at six a.m. So it's like right, the music is starting right then, and it. You are just so used to it. So the first couple of times, it was a little bit like, what, what is this? And I think that the anchors were. Like getting used to talking in the like correct times of talking because it has different like you know it changes so it, you have to mm-hmm. sort of time it a little bit better so yeah the beats but, are different right but by Friday the beat thought, drop is in a different <laughs> <spot>. <laughs> like Diplo or like sticks. modest or I don't know I don't know any like whatever DJ <laughs> you follow teens you know I know. I, you know, that's somebody will mention a DJ and I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Girl talk. Like, that's all I know. I'm like, Luke. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's that. And that is where it ends. But, uh, but I, it did need a little bit of work, but weirdly by Friday, I was like, oh, they got it. I think they got it now. They, they kind of know uh, what to hit. I think, uh, I, there of course is a fair amount of pushback on this. They didn't talk about it on TBTL too much, but I thought somewhere on the internet that people are not happy well, with having the theme not. music changed i'm so glad that that phyllis doesn't um work for npr anymore because she'd be like <laughs> oh my god i mean i would feel yeah. so sad for her because the amount of shit that they would have to hear from that i can't even imagine it's almost like brave that they changed it because <laughs> i love npr but people who listen to npr npr are inseparable so see i haven't heard this in the wild yet i usually so i'm i'm supposed to be at work at at seven which is when that comes on for me uh-huh. so i haven't actually oh heard it Gotta stay yeah because i usually listen in the car yeah oh my goodness well i so, think it, it's fine Here's the question that I have then. They kind of got into talking a little bit about touchstones on the show and how they always play their opening song is Catch My Disease and how they always play the Shane Company guy for the drop in the beginning. Would you guys be okay if they decided to change the TBTL opening music? Or would you just be like, no, this isn't what it is? I wouldn't care. 
I don't think I would either. You know, when at first, like a year ago, I probably would have said like, oh my gosh, they can't do that. But now, I mean, I, I like catch my disease and it's very symbolic of TBTL starting to me, but also, now that I listen to at 1.5 speed, music has become <laughs> less important <laughs> on the show. Um, so I, it's not as like, okay, it's the start of the show. You know, I, it's it's just not as much anymore. And if they want to change well, they, it. Yeah, they changed the outro song. You know, they yeah. used to do the yeah. same song every time and they stopped doing that. And I think that was hard for some people, but it didn't really bother me. I think in theory, I'm fine if they wanted to make a change. To the music, but then I start thinking about what they would pick. Oh yeah, would we have the Oscar Peterson jazz trio? Would we have? My musical tastes don't really align. align with Luke's very much. He likes that really indie band jangly guitar yeah. thing. I like the Ben Lee music because it's more of a pop song. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, which I don't think that he would choose now. Maybe so I'd be worried, and God only knows what Andrew's going to pick. I honestly would be something from Tim and Eric. Oh Lord! <laughs> you know they're not going to change it. I mean, they something might talk about it, but bad. they would. They would no, never change no, it. they probably won't. Yeah, it's just interesting to think about. Yeah. Uh, the the other, I think the best part of this discussion was maybe even not that day. Was it the next day? And it was Andrew saying that he had dug around and found some oh. early submissions <laughs> yes. for the original theme song from BJ Lederman and he played it. Oh, and yeah. It was the it was a cat roll. It was a game of cats. Yeah, that was good. It really actually caught me off guard. I was like, uh, oh, like kind of ready to hear something. And then I was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh. And Luke was just like, yep, yep, <laughs> yep. He did it. <laughs> Dave, that's good. Dave had never heard uh, Game of Cats, and he was like, "Is that the Game of Thrones theme?" Like he thought it was funny when he heard it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Oh Jesus!" Uh, <laughs> anyway, I mean, I think it'll just grow. They, I think they were right on when they were saying it. When people get used to something, they get used to something. It's yeah. not. It's not so bad or anything that it no it'll be rejected people will just get yep. more accustomed to it and that's well every once in a while an npr host has to go they retire or whatever yeah. we get used to it you know it was hard on wait wait without carl castle true. for a yeah. minute you know that's true but now we're we're, we're all used to it and it's yeah. fine uh, on the same the same theme but a, a different type of thing the like fancy old school grocery store in my town uh has rearranged oh. their floor plan Oh. the last six months and the first time I came in when they had done the bulk of the move and you know you can't find anything and you're like like yeah. Hillary like when you said you went to the Target yes. and they changed it all around you're like where is everything and I commented to the cashier or something about I liked the new layout and I said I bet you got a few complaints about it though and she's like <sighs> so like all the a old few. people just were like i can't find anything where is it oh my god i can't imagine Ugh. i know that's why i tried to have some kindness with the target people because i'm like they don't you know it was brought on by high they did not decide this themselves you know let's just turn the whole thing around like they didn't spend all this money themselves and i'm like the amount of shit that they must be getting i'm just i'm just gonna find what i need to find it's fine. Yep. It's <laughs> all you can do. <laughs> um, all right. Well, in going forward in um, the picking eating chronicles, I guess, or just picking eating in general, this is just a little off 
like, I don't even remember exactly how it came to be that Andrew said that he eats Swiss cheese. I was shocked (laughs) and appalled by this. I mean, me too. I like, I'm a situational Swiss cheese eater. Like it has to be fit for the like right sandwich or whatever. Swiss cheese to me is like, if you were going to hate a cheese, hate Swiss cheese. It is. I love cheese and I hate Swiss. It is a very (laughs) strong to me, not cheesy flavor. Like it's not like a, even a sharp cheddar or anything like that. It tastes sort of rank to me sometimes. It's kind of sour or something like there's a bite to it. That's kind of, I find unpleasant, although I can understand why people like it. I just don't. It, that he likes it because it's mild. What are you talking? It's ta- it is, not it- mild. <laughs> In what world? His is it cheese mild? rules are beyond comprehension. They don't make any sense. I got so angry. I was by myself in my car listening to this episode, and when he said that, I said, "Shut the hell up." <laughs> to God. nobody. I feel like what is wrong with her? I do not understand it. You're right. His food rules are bizarre. I like. He likes aioli, which is mayonnaise. I don't. Mayonnaise. It's mayonnaise. It's With a different mayonnaise. name. <laughs> <laughs> he likes melted cheese. He likes fucking Swiss cheese. And he doesn't like, what was the one? Mozzarella or whatever. He had to like hold his He note. doesn't like the best cheese, which is mozzarella. And he loves the worst cheese, which is, which Swiss. is Swiss. It is insane. He, his taste buds are just bizarre to me. They're bizarre. I, I think it's a texture, yeah. you know, a lot Ugh. of people have that and I, but I still don't get it. I mean, I still don't get it. I, I, sometimes when my parents come, you know, we'll get like a little cheese pack, like one of those little, like they have little, like whatever, a sampler of cheese sure. and they have like a Swiss one, like five mm-hmm. Swiss little slices and they're like. Only under duress will I eat them. Like the oh hug. yeah, oh I, I get those regularly because it's my preferred accompaniment to my favorite food, which is black Tris- pepper triscuits. <laughs> of course, um, and those are the right thickness. Like they're yes. re- they're pretty thin, so you, yeah. you're not eating like a brick of cheese when you want to eat a bunch of triscuits and cheese. <laughs> but I make Gregory eat the the Swiss ones. <laughs> no. no, thank you. He likes black licorice and Swiss, oh. so fine, take it. You know what though? That is a partnership made in heaven. Yes, he likes, he exactly. <laughs> and he likes it. I think. I don't oh. know how. <laughs> You've just been forcing him to eat cheese yeah, he doesn't like. <laughs> he'll eat whatever. It doesn't matter. He is Andrew is just he's just an odd duck. I, yeah. I don't I don't get it. But you know. Whatever. He, wrong opinions, it's fine. He's not killing anybody, but it is very <laughs> weird. Next up is a segment we are calling Throw Another Cliché on the Barbie. This is the three-eyed snake. This Wasn't it a three, two-headed? Did it have more than one head? Or did I it just it have three eyes? it only had three eyes. It was three eyes. And this poor thing. I mean, it sounds, it sounds unfortunate, and it didn't, it didn't have a long life. Um, but people are, are um, considering this to be a sign that they shouldn't go to Australia. Which, I mean, there's a lot of reasons they shouldn't go to Australia. I don't think this is one of them. <laughs> well, I thought this was a little underwhelming, yeah. given the, the run-up that they did to it. Like, yeah. a new kind of snake found in Australia that's so dangerous. I'm no. like, well, no, it's one mutant snake. Yeah, it it's had a birth defect. It's not that there's a kind of snake that has three eyes. No, this was a birth defect snake. This happens a lot. Like, there are often two-headed snakes born and stuff. And I just, I, I only wanted to talk about this for very briefly because I like snakes and I want to I wanna come to snakes defense as a species. They're not slimy or gross. Um, I had a pet snake 
when I was, um, I don't know, 12 or 13, I took care of our, our pet snake when I was in, uh, sixth grade and they're wonderful i i really do like snakes a lot they're cool creatures they're not um cuddly necessarily like a cat or a dog but they have their virtues and i don't think as long as you know how to to behave around them they're not going to hurt you so you i just get wanted a boa to to constrictor defense. it'll cuddle your neck <laughs> It'll cuddle it real hard. Yeah. I had a friend um, growing up in elementary school whose dad was one of those weird snake people. Like he had a huge boa constrictor and he would, I mean, I saw that I met that snake a zillion times because every single year in school, he would bring it at, like, you know, to, to show it to the kids and, and let the kids pet the snake. And I was always in her same class. So I saw this snake all the time and I would go over to her house and see the snake there. And it wasn't going to choke you as long as it was eating regularly you know it's not going to try and squeeze your neck because it's going to try and eat you it's it's got it's it ate a rat three days ago so it's fine um and so it was sort of a good lesson in like demystifying them and not being afraid of them because they're not scary I always get nervous though when the handlers got them draped around their shoulders or whatever and it, it it'll take its tail and like coil it all oh, the yeah. way around their arm down to the hand and I'm mm-hmm. like uh don't let that go too far. <laughs> he would do that to us little I mean in preschool, kindergarten oh, he would bring it and and he would drape it around our our necks and our shoulders and stuff cuz he was so confident that it was and it hadn't killed a kid at least that I know of. <laughs> I mean, wasn't there a story not that long ago, a few months ago about a snake that ate a person in Indonesia, oh, like probably. they disappeared in the marsh or the wherever by the river or something, and they found the snake with a person-sized lump in it, <sighs> and they cut the snake open, oh, and there was the there was the, the person. person. Yeah, yep. There are some that are that big. I'm, I'm I wouldn't get close to a snake that big. All I think That's about is sure. the Shel Silverstein song. Or poem or whatever. Have y'all ever heard it? It's like, I'm being eaten by a boa constrictor. Oh, yeah. That's like the only thing I think of. <laughs> I think of mm-hmm. boa constrictors. It's probably not right. It's Shel Silverstein. He's like probably high, but. Um, yeah. They just I mean, want your body warmth. <laughs> uh, well, we'll see. I have a feeling it's going to. They're. I feel like they're not going to. They might see a kangaroo or something, but, um, but they're not going. I mean, whatever. They're just going in the middle of. Like I said, the Oklahoma of Australia, <laughs> which, sorry, that's, well, it's rude to Oklahoma and Australia, the center of Australia, <laughs> but <laughs> I just don't think that they're going to the places that have the most wildlife. I mean, maybe they will see super weird wildlife, but we'll if see. he's going to go for jogs at sunset, he'll see some snakes. That's for sure. That's true. <sighs> oh, Anne, no. I had to. Ugh. Oh, this is no, the story no, about the python. Oh, no. so a 23-foot python. Wow. No thanks. No gracias. Poor There's snake. videos. I didn't post any of the videos. But the snake got killed just because it ate something that was the proper size for its giant body. <laughs> just because it ate a 54-year-old woman. Well, it didn't care. Oh, my gosh. You know, it's a person or like a whatever, a goat or whatever it eats. Probably a person is easier to eat than a goat. Yeah. More cylindrical. <laughs> Aerodynamics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, this conversation took a Ew. weird turn. <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> uh, let's go to the self-actualization chronicles. Oh, lordy. Um, we're ready for it, Hillary. <sighs> I mean. Luke and Andrew decide... 
how on earth did they get into this topic? I I do not they, remember now because it was offhandedly then about one of those tangents that turns into a forty-five minute yes. discussion yes. where they ended up more or less insulting musicals. I, I want to give them a little credit and say they tried really hard not to insult musicals and people that like them. They tried to say, well, you know, it's just not for me. But, but then Andrew no. compared Hamilton to rap the musical. And I was like, oh, it's on. <laughs> okay, white guy, 43-year-old yeah. white guy. Like, tell me. Uh, I was so annoyed because they do this thing where they're constantly like, we know, we know, we know. People can like what they want. They can like what they want. But, like, liking basically liking musicals is gay. Like, it's stupid and we like sports. The thing that makes me really crazy is that they act like – and maybe this is living in Seattle where, uh, I don't know, it's, like, a little bit more, like, diverse as far as people's interests or whatever. They're made to feel bad about their sports fandom. But – like liking football is not a personality and does not make you unique. Like it, it's not. And I'm sorry that like somebody made you feel bad about liking something, but they think that they're like in the minority and they're like, it's, I know it's weird that we like sports, but we think liking musicals is, uh, you know, like dumb, but we like sports. I, like liking sports is such like the generic male American thing to do. And it's fine. I like sports too. I don't know. Yeah, it's not mysterious. No, and and whatever. People can like what they like. I don't love every musical, and I don't love every sport, but I don't know. It was just really frustrating. And Andrew and Luke have never even listened to Hamilton. I also was really annoyed because, I don't know. I mean, of course it's theatrical. That's kind of what it is, but... I promise you that Lin-Manuel Miranda knows far more about uh, rap and hip-hop than uh, one Andrew Walsh from Ohio knows. I guarantee you <laughs> it. And also, I like always want to rat them out, and I don't, they maybe know this, but like Lynn and Chris Hayes went to high school together, and they're really good friends. And I always want to be like, Chris! Tell them. You need to tell them. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's good. And they need to see it. And, like, even my guy friends who have seen Hamilton who are, like, quote, unquote, big hip-hop fans. None of them are black. But, like, they were, like, yeah, like, I'm super educated on hip-hop. They all were, like, oh, my gosh, he used so many, you know, different, like, nuances. And, and he, like... Like, he was very careful about what he used, and it was, like, honoring and respecting it, not just being like, I love rap music. And it's also not just a rap musical. I mean, yes, there's a part of it, but there's a lot of singing. In fact, most of my favorite songs, I mean, I love Guns and Ships, and that's probably the most, like, rap rap. I mean, it's, like, fast rap. But, like, Wait For It is a really beautiful song, and it's not rapped at all. It's a sung song. Quiet Uptown is gorgeous. Oh, my God. Yeah, and there's... I don't think you're selling it to Luke and Andrew by saying there's a lot of great well, musical numbers. That's a hopeless <laughs> cause. Well, I don't that. think sh- I don't think there's any point in trying to sell them on it. The thing that also frustrates me though is like Luke likes musicals. I mean, I I know not every musical, but he was raised by Susie Burbank. He was in musicals. He has a nice singing voice. Um and I just think it's like too earnest, but listening to you know, some Swedish guys like mumble and like slow songs are great for running. And he loves that. I don't know. I Lo-fi just, beach rock. It's all the same thing. It's all earnest. Like Radiohead is earnest. It's just because it's like dudes that are like, you know, straight dudes that are in charge of it. I don't know. I just found it really frustrating. And I, I just, 
get annoyed that well he hasn't even seen it there's no no, there's no reason to give him any credence at all in this opinion because he's never seen it and once you see it it's a different situation because it's a really impressive show I don't know I was I was frustrated and well when I was first starting to listen to it I was like am I gonna be upset by this I mean just because I've it's been like four years of me listening to this damn musical mm-hmm. but um it was fine it was so stu- it was such a stupid conversation and they're being stupid about it and they yeah it didn't upset me yeah. I, I I love Hamilton they're yeah. not going to change that yeah <laughs> well I, I mean just not their opinion on Hamilton but just the I don't know I, the lack of logic that they use when discussing this is what bothers me andrew heard somebody sing a hamilton song once at karaoke and from that he knows that he doesn't like it and it's just like mr rap the musical or whatever they're just too cool for it that's that's why i think it's just a lost cause they're never gonna go see it it's expensive ticket and you have to want to see it they're never gonna do it and so they're gonna keep this dumb opinion forever and you know let's say it it's okay if you don't like hamilton of course yeah yeah. If you're one of the few people, but just like it for a reason. Yeah. And not because I'm really insecure that I won't be cool Ugh. if I like it. Because everyone likes it, so I can't. Right. It's a really <laughs> terrible reason to like not like something. I have so much better taste yeah. than, Ooh. you know, those mid-America people going to see Hamilton. I mean, give me a break. Luke's taste in, like, television is, like like captain middle america and that's fine i watch <laughs> shitty tv as well but like forensic files on a 24 7 loop like yeah and house hunters every day forget yeah, it i know Ugh. anyway i was really really frustrated and i might have to plug in some choice clips from hamilton somewhere in this um <laughs> yes. we'll see we'll see how does a ragtag volunteer army in need of a shower somehow defeat a global superpower How do we emerge victorious from the quagmire? Leave the battlefield waving Betsy Ross's flag higher. Yo, turns out we have a secret weapon, an immigrant. You know and love who's unafraid to step in. He's constantly confusing, confounding the British henchmen. Everyone give it up for America's favorite fighting Frenchman! I'm taking this horse by the reins, wicked red coats, weather with blood stains. Feel I'm never gonna stop until I make him drop a burn, I'm up and scatter the remains. Watch me engage in a mystery. Escaping them and raising them out. I go to France for more fun. I come back with more guns and ships. And so their balance shifts. Um, the other thing I was thinking was, you know, you can just not talk about it. Yeah. You can right. not talk about it. It's okay. Well, and that is, I feel like, a lot of times on Twitter when people will say something stupid, you're like, you could just not say anything. You could it's just okay. keep your mouth shut. Like, you don't have to have an opinion about everything. Isn't that the golden rule? If you have nothing nice to say, yeah. say nothing at all. Shh, that's going to make doing this show a lot harder. I know. Oh, that's true. Okay, let me plug the Hamilton mixtape. It's the best part of it Hamilton. It is really good. It's out of order, so it made the story really confusing to me until I saw it in real life. And, you were like, and now it makes a lot more sense. I was like, why is she so sad? <laughs> um, I do need to read a Throw Your Phone from my lovely Hamilton sister, Ann Minor. She wrote in. And uh, by the way, Ann Minor and I are in... <laughs> I'm not going to blow up your spot, Anne, but there's a, there's a podcast that I don't even listen to anymore called One Bad Mother, and there are, like, subgroups from it, and there was, like, a Hamilton subgroup, and then I think wow. one day Anne and I saw each other, and they were like, hey! Anyway, so we are in that subgroup together, and so Anne Minor says, holding hands with Hillary, destroying guns and ships, and chucking my phone directly at Andrew's head. 
perfect. I love it. Anne's on fire all the time. Her throw your phones are great. They're great. Yep. They're great. Uh, Let's see. Uh, In other topics in the self-actualization chronicles, Andrew got into telling a story from high school when he and his gang of friends, slightly 'er ne'er-do-well, I guess, (laughs) scruffy friends, uh, used to hang out at Mr. Donut where their friend Mary worked and Andrew had just happened to have a can of spray paint in his bag because (laughs) don't we all? carry a can of spray paint around and he and tony decided that they would paint the name of tony's band farmer's daughters yes Yes. Mm -hmm. the farmer's daughters on the back wall of mr donut with mary's permission and then she saw the giant graffiti that they did and she got upset and andrew said she was so cool and so nice and just let them do whatever they want at Mr. Donut that he feels really bad that he was the one that ended up upsetting her. And I have a few thoughts about this. Number one is Andrew is always the kid who gets caught. He really You is. know, they're the kids who do bad things and get away with them. Luke. Yes. Me. And there are kids <laughs> who are generally pretty good, but are kind of the hangers on with the bad kids and they get caught every time. Yeah. And that's Andrew Walsh. They're not bad enough fail. to be like clever. So I was, I did all sorts of horrible things and I never got caught and I did not to toot my own horn, but I must've been pretty good at evading and lying. And my mom actually said that to me one time. She was like, you are a really good liar. Although I've totally lost it. I'm a terrible liar now. But when I was a teenager, I was awesome. And I never got in trouble. I mean, I could have gotten arrested so many times. Never did. Jeez, Meredith. I know. Well, like petty stuff. Like, you know, we would we would walk around in the middle of the night and, and smoke cigarettes and, and pick tulips from people's yards and rearrange signs so they said funny things and stuff like that. You know, it wasn't hurting anybody. Uh, cutting edge teenage humor. Yeah. 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 One time, um, when I, I don't know, this is, I can't believe I did this, but I like, I think I was in yearbook or something and we kind of, you know, it wasn't like a class, like you were putting together yearbook stuff. And I left with one of my girlfriends and we went to the alley across from my school because our our high school was like in a residential neighborhood. We went across the alley to the school and we were smoking a cigarette and a cop came and he was like, all right, come with me. We're going to the vice principal's office. (gasps) And so I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. So we went to this. He was so rude. I hated him. But he, we went to his office and we're sitting there and he's like, okay, like give me your cigarettes. Give me my cigarettes. And he was like, um, okay, so I'm going to have to call your mom. And I don't know why that like triggered me. And I started bawling like, <laughs> and the, my friend next to me was like, what? Like eyeball emoji looking at me like, what are you doing? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm a national merit commentee. You can't call my mom. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, I think he was so flabbergasted at how like how much emotion I had that, that he was like, oh, okay just don't do it again and i'm like thank you so much we'll give you this one so we had the exact same situation we had open campus it was in a residential neighborhood and there was an alley across the street where we would all go to smoke and i never once got caught <laughs> <I always> got <laughs> caught. hillary you did it wrong though you have seen grease too you know what you're supposed to do when you get yes. caught smoking you're Swallow supposed it. to flip the cigarette into your mouth yep while the principal is talking to you and uh, when i watch that i'm like oh my god he, he just swallowed a, a lit cigarette oh hillary you know what i did once 
What? I was smoking right before, like, I, I had to come home for dinner, and I had swallowed some smoke on accident, and I burped it out at the table. <laughs> and no one said anything. That's great. It's just like smoke rings. It's like a yes. cartoon smoke rings. I mean, clearly cigarette smoke, and everyone's just like, oh. All right, Meredith. I can't be hanging out with bad kids like you. (laughs) I know. The two of you. I know. I wanted the sheen of being good, like, because I was too much of a coward to actually be a bad kid, but, like, I did bad kid stuff, but I was like, I'm still a good girl. I have great makeup grades. Well, I did bad kid stuff, but I always had, like, a 4.0, and, you know, like, it was a a fun kind of challenge for me. It's like, how many classes can I skip and still get a 4.0? And I would go, you know, I had a job, and I did all my homework. I did, you know, I was still responsible, but it was sort of fun to see how much naughty stuff I could do and get away with it. You were just dabbling in bad kid, in the bad kid pool. Yeah, yeah. That's what I always tell my nieces and nephews. I'm like, listen nephew i'm like just make a grades like make a grades and roughly stay out of trouble like don't do anything major and you can get away with a lot of well that's how i got away with it nobody suspected like i never had detention you know i I wasn't i wasn't a a troubled kid like nobody suspected anything they thought i was like a good kid who could take care of herself and so that that gave me so much freedom yep oh well the second point that i wanted to make from the Mr. Donut story is how Andrew went on at length about how Mary was so cool and she always let them do everything. And I was like, was she cool with all of yeah. that? Or was she? Oh, she probably felt pressured just, to be the cool girl. Yep. Yep. Cause felt, felt the socialization of having to be nice and let people do things. And then all this band of ruffians <laughs> took advantage <laughs> of her. Mm-hmm. Bad um, graffiti artists. I, I mm-hmm. do think that Andrew is, you know, like a feminist. And I do think that he, obviously he believes in like equality and everything. And But I do think he sometimes is unaware of his like privilege because he has been bullied and whatever and gotten in trouble. He doesn't really understand that. Yeah. Like, but he is like a white guy that kind of gets a lot of stuff given to him and, and how he's like, I'm a nice guy. Like why would she's just cool. And I'm sure, you know, she felt pressured in some way to be the cool girl and be like okay with everything Mm -hmm. she probably wasn't but you know I don't know it's speculation on our part but you know it's I don't find Andrew to be totally the most reliable narrator narrator on that stuff yeah he totally is a, a a feminist and and a good person but I think sometimes it's hard to translate the abstract concept into you know your life yeah yeah for sure so that was an interesting, uh, man, I do not like that kid, Tony. The no, more I, hear I know. Oh, I'm going to take note should... of that address, though, and next time I'm in, I'm in Ohio, yes, I'm going to. you need to I'm go by. Good, go. good. <laughs> uh, the third topic under this segment, uh, I think probably frustrated all of us as well. Uh, where Andrew commented that he had had some extra time, and so he started going through old voicemails. He commented that he hadn't listened to their voicemail messages uh, for about a month, and so it was high time that he took care of that. But there were also some really, really old ones from like before he was on the show that have just been sitting there unlistened to, and he decided to kind of dip into those voicemails from 10 years ago. And um, they're very interested in this one from Luke's friend who managed the Lonely 
forest. I always want to say the lonely planet, but that's the travel lonely guide. forest. Yeah. yeah, the lonely forest. And they were outside his house where they were going to come play a show, probably. And they couldn't figure out if that was where they're supposed to be. And she was like, um, could you call me back and let me know? And and Andrew talked about, you know, messages from people talking about how much TBTL meant from them and leaving comments on topics they talked about. And there was some discussion about this on the Stens page where I think mm-hmm. it was Sheila that asked if they're not going to bother to listen to the voicemails except once a month, why do they even ask people to Label. submit them? Yeah. You know, and I have to say, I agreed with her. Mm-hmm. I thought about all the people 10 years ago who called in and left heartfelt messages about how much TBTL meant to them, and Luke never bothered to listen. I just, I don't know. I What is the point of any of this if it's not the fans, if the fans aren't the number one priority? And I think Luke and Andrew have made it clear that the fans are their priority at their choosing only when they give money and they're very genuinely grateful for all of that mm-hmm. or they enjoy doing blurs days i've come around on blurs days you know because the more blurs days they do the less i have to listen to andrew talk about his garbage <laughs> <laughs> Good point. um but you know it's it's such a i don't know i i feel like the lack of give and take yeah Maybe. Yeah. I I don't know. I don't know how to really quantify my thoughts. I'm just disappointed on h- how little they seem to care about the fans except when it suits them. I was just hoping that the people who left those voicemails, like, I hope it was just cathartic for them or helpful to just talk, regardless sure. of whether they ever listened or responded. That's what I kept thinking. It's like, maybe it was just nice for them to get something off their chest. Ugh, I don't like the idea of... Like people shouting into the void. We had one of those where uh, listener Parker oh, sent us oh, an yeah. email God. through the ten seven ten general line uh, uh, email address that doesn't automatically go to us, and Jeremy didn't realize that, and so it was like three months. It just sat in that inbox, and we didn't know it was there. And as soon as Jeremy found it, and I was like, "Oh my God! Oh my God! I have to write back right now because I don't want Parker to think that we're just ignoring yeah, him." Yeah, we all felt yeah. so terrible, and that was three months, not uh huh, <laughs> years and years, ten years. I mean, I and think again, it's... we still feel bad. We're so sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Do you know how much anxiety I have because we did not get to the mailbag in the mm-hmm. last Friday show? Like, I feel like such a hypocrite. <laughs> Well, but I mean, we're doing it at least at least once a month, probably um, for the most part. I I think it just goes part and parcel with them, like not wanting to seem too thirsty, but also being lazy um, and not engage. It's all their stuff. It's all their stuff. They, you know, are so fragile and don't want to really hear any criticism, but also mm-hmm. they're kind of lazy um, and also they don't want to like try that hard or seem like they're trying that hard it's it's all kind of as a part and that's why somebody like a Jen was really great I mean I know Andrew works really hard on the show and he does a lot of stuff that I mean Luke I think for the most part you know shows up and hosts but right. Andrew does a lot but Jen was you know a five-tool player like she knew how to do all of that stuff and she knew it was important to reach out to people and that's why we're all still listening low these many years later and that's just right. kind of like what you have to do 
And to the point where Luke actually worried about her, yeah. that she was yeah. working too much and taking too much of the emotional load and being too involved. With well, the and tens. she did. She she responded to everyone and she got involved in their stories and she felt their pain. And, you know, Wish, she, I was she was looking at empathetic so- person. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I was looking at something and I like found all these emails I had with Jen. I was thinking I was looking at what her birthday was and it was like, she would respond to me about the dumbest stuff. I mean, sweet Jen. Like I was like, what do you think about, I I can't even tell you like it's, silly silly stuff and she oh she was like thinking of you we top chef was at the driscoll last night i mean just mm-hmm. kind of dumb stuff that and it's not like we were best friends we just had hung out a couple of times but she was just really really thoughtful now i their their listenership i think has grown it's not like they can have these personal touches but just responding right. to a voicemail that you have advertised regularly on your show yeah that's a very good point somebody wrote in right and said that you know, haven't they had spots recently where they asked us to call into this voicemail line and then they just ignore it? It's kind of for weird. a month. Yeah. For a month. Yeah. Come on, guys. Uh, yeah, I know. I I think it's not fair of us to to want them to be like Jen because Jen was arguably doing too much. Yes. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. But I mean, they could do a little bit more. <laughs> a little bit more. A little bit. Then thank people for their money and do a few blurs days. For sure. I agree. Um, All right. Let's, that's the end of the negative. Is it the end of the negativity train? Yes. I think so. End of the negativity train for this show. Let's go to some actual, the one actual news topic for this week (laughs) is this beluga whale that showed up in Norway with some sort of harness on its back and people are convinced that it's a Russian spy. Luke and Andrew did not really say anything worthwhile about this, but I think it's a delightful story other than, you know, ascribing emotions to beluga whales that they don't have (laughs) just because they have smiley faces. Oh my good lord. They always look like that <laughs> right that's just but how their faces luke was talking about reading something uh, about how this was a real thing and they you know were really training sea mammals or whatever to do spying things and i was like what and then they mentioned it on pod save america and these are people that were in the obama administration and they just laughed at the idea <laughs> that anybody's strategy would be to train uh fish essentially to spy they were just like sure uh-huh i just googled it just to kind of look at their pic because their their faces make me laugh because they're kind of like they're like derpy faces <laughs> yeah they are but um <laughs> this i just like the top story one of them was a man is now claiming he recognizes the russian spy whale (laughs) okay sure he recognizes it (laughs) yep there he is um no they're really cute but they're um i think they feature heavily in finding dory so they're like cartoony looking they're adorable i mean of course they they do Um, I, who knows where it got a harness, but I don't think it was, I mean, maybe it was from the Russians. Maybe we should be talking not about whether it's a Russian spy, but whether it's a successful Russian spy. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it seems to have been more than happy to be adopted by Norwegians. <laughs> yeah, it really blew its cover. Or <gasps> maybe this is its deep cover. Oh. Mm. The reverse reveal. <laughs> Double agent whale. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
so dumb. Um, I had said this in the chat, and, and Andrew mentioned this, but um, on um, the political gab fest, John Dickerson talked about it, and it was so charming. But by the time I got to this, it's still a charming story, but I recommend y'all listening to John Dickerson. He talks about it like in his kind of end of the show like what I'm thinking about this week or what I'm talking about this week or whatever and he was so delighted by it that it was and Andrew was right he's so charming that it made you like kind of shine to it otherwise I was like well no, that's kind of random but it was it was really charming but yeah that news breaking news that's it for <laughs> God what won't the Russians do well, to influence our elections <laughs> Um, all right. Final topic is uh, something that I think we all sort of hope is a trend and um, like a constant. It seems like um, there's a, one show a week is they bring on a TBTL friendo. And this week it was Ken Jennings, Ken Jen. Um, and I really like it on the same kind of tip as Hari. I, I like it because it's somebody who is familiar with TBTL. They know Andrew and um, Luke, you know, well enough. They know kind of the rhythms of it. We don't have to explain everything. That's the kind that we want. We don't want like Beyonce. Like we want <laughs> Ken Jen is a pro- I mean, I mean, listen, you well, get I wouldn't argue with I that. I wouldn't say no, but you know it would be the first hour would be explaining every joke or like every drop or whatever. Um, True. Uh, but I think that Ken Jennings is, is a perfect guest because he's mm-hmm. from Seattle you know he he's been on the show before anyway he was great and he was delightful as usual and I I thought it was really interesting and I I can actually really see him being the host of Jeopardy I really can yeah. I think yeah. that it would be a sort of a natural thing for them to do um you know this new guy I know he's made like a ton a ton of money but Ken Jennings is he's just has kind of done it right I think where he puts himself out there enough. He writes books, you know, he has this podcast, but he is famous to a certain group of people, but he's not like super, super famous, but he's still famous. And it's been, he's known. Know, I mean, yeah, people know him as the Jeopardy guy, if nothing and it's else. It's been 15 years, you know, and yeah. he's still kind of in the zeitgeist a little bit, but um, I think he would be, I don't know. I think he would be really good. And it is sad to me because you know what? I think they're, they're kind of being positive about it, but what, um, Trebek has is is really deadly. It is, it is. A really short span. They're getting better. I mean, yeah. but you know, it, it used to be you're diagnosed with that and you're dead in a month, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. now it's more like a few months. I know this this blogger I used to follow her. She has four kids, and like last July, they found out her husband had pancreatic cancer, and then he died. <laughs> yeah, he died four months later. Yeah, um, and it was like good, good, good. And then it kind of dropped off. Though I will say, I mean, I don't watch Jeopardy regularly, but it seems like he's still low. I mean, I know he's in pain and he's going through all of this, but he's still doing the job and he's still standing out there. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, chemo has gotten so much better um, since, you know, the last like 20 or 30 years where you can still continue to function. It used to be you had to be in the hospital. Yeah. I, I will be really sad. I, this is so random, but you know, my mom works with, authors in Dallas she's a media escort and she worked with Alex Trebek years ago like it was I think I was in college and he sang happy birthday to me on my voicemail um, I know <laughs> always has to we always have to mention my birthday somehow sure. um, so I I have always had super warm feelings about it he seems really game I mean I think you know he's kind of a dork and he over pronounces French words um, <laughs> but yeah 
you know, he's he seems like a, a nice person. He's definitely a staple. Yeah, but I think that Jeopardy can continue on. Oh, yeah. In a post-Trebek uh, oh, yeah. world. They brought up the prices right. And that was one where I thought, how will this ever continue without Bob yes. Barker? Yeah. But sure enough, it did. And when it was What's-His-Face was announced, um, Drew Carey, I was like, ooh, gross. But he has done a good job. I mean, I don't know because I'm not nine and sick from school yeah that was my that's their prime demo yeah it really is and also you don't know how much a box of pasta costs Mm -hmm. when you're nine Mm -hmm. you really don't it really did seem like a mystery to me like how oh i struck out on those every time i was homesick i was just like uh five how much could a banana cost michael (laughs) i feel like i would really kill it now though oh I, i feel like i've told this before but when dave and i lived in um los angeles there's a there's a mall called the Grove, which is right next to like where CBS films a lot of their stuff, mm-hmm. their sound stages. And that's where they film the prices. Right. And, um, whenever you would go to the Grove, which I went to a lot that you would see people walking around with like their various shirts that they, you know, like airbrushed or whatever and the mm-hmm. name tag. And it would be like, I remember this one that this lady had a shirt that said like Beverly Hills and like right next to it said like check Mark, like check. And then it was like, whatever rodeo drive check and then it was like price is right and then they like were marking it up like check like they all were so excited (laughs) (laughs) um i almost went but you have to get in line at like four in the morning or something it's not that i'm no i could see you getting picked to be a contestant (laughs) yeah you'd be great at that you have the requisite energy to to attract a (laughs) casting person (laughs) i know i'm gonna go back and I'll, i'll try it um, but, um, uh, that being said, have y'all listened to Ken's, um, uh, podcast? No, I have not. not yet. I want to listen to, um, the one about Christian science. Um, my, I have a friend that's, was raised Christian science and I, I sent it to her scientist and I sent it to her and she was like, it's really interesting. A lot of it is right. Some of it was wrong, but, um, I've always, there are so many Christian science reading rooms that it's like, yeah, there are, it's such a weird, um, religion that's you know, simultaneously very intellectual, but like anti-intellectual also. So, um, I'm, I'm interested. I might give it a try. All right. I think that sort of wraps up all of our topics this week. Um, final thoughts. Did we, Oh, did we decide on that's a good spoof? I can't believe he told that joke. I don't know if we did. Uh, the only thing that got a, that, yeah. The only thing that got a reaction out of me was him saying he eats Swiss cheese. So. <laughs> That's not a good spoof. No. No, it's not. No, it's not. Maybe we should throw in uh, that Bobby was fairly outraged that Luke (laughs) thought he would be a good pub trivia host. (laughs) Appropriately. I mean, who would know better? Yeah. He said that that Luke would be great at the schmoozing and the the talk, but he would be terrible at the scoring part, which absolutely. That tracks. Yeah. Something that Luke is really not good at doing, and most, I mean, I don't think anybody's great at it, but most women are better at it, sorry guys, is um, multitasking stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, keeping a score while also, you know, trying to be entertaining or whatever. Luke is all in on one of them. Right. (laughs) Um, Well, maybe they need to tag team on pub trivia night and luke can do the schmoozing and andrew can keep score (laughs) i think that's about right oh that'd be great oh my goodness and then obviously the must listen i mean as we said (laughs) in the chat 
if there's a guest on, we're always going to say that's the must listen. It brings <laughs> out, <laughs> no, I, not only just like, oh, there's somebody else talking, but I think it brings out the best in the guys. I think it's really entertaining mm-hmm. and they keep it kind of tight. And I, I think Luke asks really good questions um, and, you know, in different ways. And I don't know. I find it really charming. They should do it more. And no garbage talk. No garbage talk. Oh, yes. I mean, that's my metric for everything (sighs) on TBTL these days. Is there garbage talk? They started to do it. Great. They started to do it at the beginning of the week. And I was like, don't go there. Like, do not go there. Nobody cares. And Andrew, you need to keep it out. I'm sorry. You're going to have to keep out the brightly colored bin. If you, I know that people might throw their trash in there, but you need to call it like, you need to keep it out. That's the option. Yep. (sighs) It's that classic definition of insanity, right? Doing mm-hmm. the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's go into some housekeeping. If you would like to buy stuff from us, we have merchandise on our website, littleredbandwagon.com and click the shop button for all the good stuff on there. The archive project continues. Um, still more shows to be archived, <laughs> still more clip shows to be done. If you'd like to get involved, contact Christy at our uh, regular Gmail website. She'll get you all set up. Uh, if you would like to buy something from Amazon every once in a while, then if you use our affiliate link, littleredbandwagon.com slash Amazon, that will kick a few pennies our way to help us cover hosting costs and so forth. And I guess like picnic costs yes, and stuff. Yes. We're still talking about the summer LRB picnic yes. details to follow along to with, you know, the, the potluck uh, bringing <laughs> scheme. Mm-hmm. I'm oh sure we'll, Mike will come up with a new one again. <laughs> so be on the lookout for that on our sister podcast, Earbuds and Earworms. Uh, a little bit of a question mark on this. We think... From our research that it is sneaky, sarcastic, bitter songs. Hmm. There's probably a few of those out there. Probably. So tune into that. Should be out by the time you hear this show. Yep. Um, all right. Get involved. The website is littleredbandwagon.com. Um, our other website, which Andrew kind of always will grudgingly mention. Oh, by the way, that was another thing. <laughs> I love that Ken Jen was like, you know, when people are correcting you, it's not like they just want to like share the information they know. And the, I like loved it because the guys were like, yeah, totally. Except yeah, they call it throw cool your phone. With that. Right. <laughs> Andrew always wants to find a way, but it is throwyourphone.com and it is very useful to us and we love to hear from you all. So please keep uh, using it. Or hug your phone. What have you. Um, join us on our Facebook page. The show Twitter is at LRB Podcast. You can email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. Um, the voicemail and text is 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. I'm just going to say fax us. I'm not going to add anything else to it. Um, fax Bobby, personally, <laughs> constantly. Maybe you could just fax him, like, you want a free trip? That kind of stuff. That's good. Um, 617-354-8513. Um, and with that, uh, Meredith, why don't you get us out of here? Until next time, this is the next party. We love you, Jen. We really do. We clearly do because that's so much (laughs) what we chose. Nailed it. Theodosia writes me a letter every day. I'm keeping the bed warm while her husband is away. 
Navy's on the British side in Georgia. He's trying to keep the colonies in line. Well, he can keep all of Georgia. Theodosia, she's mine. Love doesn't discriminate between the sinners and the saints. It takes and it takes and it takes and we keep loving anyway. We laugh and we cry and we break and we make our mistakes. And if there's a reason, I'm by her side. And so many have tried. Then I'm willing to wait for it. I'm willing to wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. My grandfather was a fire and brimstone preacher. 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 But there are things that the homilies and hymns won't teach you. Teacher. My mother was a genius. My father commanded respect. When they died, they left no instructions, just a legacy to protect. Death doesn't discriminate between the sinners and the saints. It takes and it takes and it takes, and we keep living anyway. We rise and we fall and we break and we make our mistakes. And if there's a reason, I'm still alive when everyone who loves me has died. I'm willing to wait for it. Wait for it. I'm willing to wait for it. Exhibits no restraint. Takes and he takes and he takes and he keeps winning anyway. Changes the game, plays and he raises the stakes. And if there's a reason, he seems to thrive and so few survive. Then goddammit, I'm willing to wait for it. I'm willing to wait for it. Life doesn't discriminate between the sinners and the saints. It takes and it takes and it takes. Wait for it. 